So it's interesting, depending on what translation you read of this gospel passage, says pity or mercy. Sometimes pity, the word pity, is used as mercy. Now it's interesting because the word mercy means what? Literally, sorrowful heart or at heart. Misericordia. Miserable, a cardia is heart. Cardiac disease, heart. Misery, miserable. So it's a sorrowful heart. What does that mean? Mercy is something more than compassion. Or heartfelt sorrow at somebody's misfortune. We all have been there. You've gotten home late at night. You're flipping through the TV channels and you see the images of those people without food or water. And you say to yourself, gee, that's too bad. Somebody should do something. And sometimes we continue to click. Mercy goes beyond that. It's when compassion empathizes with the sufferer and removes, takes an effort to remove that suffering. If you've heard our talks before, you remember the definition of mercy is it's a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it takes action to do something about it. That's why John Paul called mercy love's second name. It's love, not just saying I love you, but it's taking love and putting it into action. So a merciful person shares in somebody else's suffering as if it were their own. The best examples I think of are a mother. You know, a mother just when this child is sick, I think the mother is in more pain because they're making their suffering their own. Now, this Bartimaeus cries out, son of David. But this is interesting here. And I learned this in seminary. I wanted to share this with you. Because son of David at this point is probably not a title Jesus actually wanted. It probably meant that this was something of Bartimaeus being like a Jewish nationalist. What do I mean? Jesus was not who the Jews wanted him to be. That's why Judas betrayed him. Judas didn't really betray Jesus for money. Judas betrayed Jesus because he wasn't this conquering, throw over, throw Rome, overthrow Rome, and free the Jews from the physical stranglehold of Rome. Jesus came and overthrew the stranglehold of sin. Well, anyway, this blind man basically comes and he's looking for the son of David. Now, what's interesting is this man came to Jesus with really an inadequate understanding of who Jesus was. Didn't really know who Jesus was at all. Yet, when he found Jesus, Jesus responded in love, in compassion, and mercy. Now, what's the moral here? It doesn't matter how you come to Jesus. Basically, Bartimaeus is coming from a complete misunderstanding of Jesus. So if you don't come to Jesus because you don't think you're perfect enough or your prayers aren't right or you're a hypocrite, I can't sit in this pew every Sunday. I'm a sinner. I've had many people I've met on airplanes in airports that have said to me, you're a priest. Yeah, well, you know, I just, I haven't been to church in 30 years. I usually ask them, do you have a living faith? And they a lot of times say, no, Father, I, it would be hypocritical for me to sit in mass on a Sunday. I'm so broken. That's exactly why we need to sit in mass. And so it doesn't matter how we come, but that we come. Don't wait to ask God's help until you are perfect. 
that your motives are perfect, your faith is perfect, your knowledge of him is perfect. We stay away from church because of those reasons. No, we don't. We shouldn't. We need to come for those reasons. You know, a lot of people, myself included at times, have not prayed because we don't feel in the mood. Well, that's exactly why we need to pray. You know, it doesn't matter, and, and, and I've told this to many people, it doesn't matter that you feel like praying. Love is not an emotion. Love is an act of the will. I choose. So you might be hungry, tired, but you go into the chapel and you say, Lord, I don't really feel like being here. But because I love you, I am. And do you know there's more merit praying when you don't feel like it than praying when you're all full of consolation? And I can't wait to get into that chapel. There's actually more merit when you pray when you don't feel like it. This is what the saints tell us. So anyway, we have to keep that in mind. So God, yes, he does accept us no matter how we are. Even if we're broken or we feel hypocritical, come to him. Even if you don't understand him like Bartimaeus, come to him. Even if you're not sure what to say, come to him. This is the message. So anyway, we see mercy here. At the blind man's cry, Jesus stopped and stopped what he was doing to attend to this man. For Jesus, it is always more important to act than to talk. Words are better than deeds. That's the basis of our Catholic faith and what many non-Catholics accuse us of. You think works are going to get you into heaven. Not works of the law, no. But works of love, yes. You know, there was um, a couple I met right here at the shrine when I was first ordained a priest. And they were from Connecticut. And they came and this woman we met, I met her and she's introduced me to her husband and she's like, go ahead, tell, tell father this story because they were, they were talking about something along the way. And supposedly this woman had been a lady of, lady of faith and she had been after him to go to mass with her for years. So for years she had been asking him, come to church with me, come to church with me. And he says, I don't need to go to a building. I don't need to sit in a pew. I don't need to have to be physically there to know and love God. He says, I already have a relationship with God. I don't need some church to have to live that. I believe in God. She said, please come to mass with me. He says, no, I don't need to. God knows I love him. I don't need some mass to have to tell God that. God knows my heart. So she tried and she prayed and she prayed. Well, then one day he had a complication with his knee and he went in for what they thought was just going to be some outpatient. He actually drove himself to the doctor and they were going to do something on his knee. Ended up finding out a huge infection. It was very serious and they rushed him into the hospital. It wasn't deadly, I shouldn't say. You know, it wasn't deadly, but it was something that was needed attention. So he gets into the hospital, which was unforeseen, and he calls home and he talks to his wife. And he says, well, what time are you going to be here to see me? And she looked at me with this big smile as they were telling the story. She said, I saw my opportunity. 
And she says, what time? He said, what time are you going to be here? And she says, well, he says, she says, well, I really, I got the errands to run. I got to get to the grocery store. Our grandson has to be picked up from soccer practice. I've got this to do. I've got to get the bills paid. I got to get the laundry done. And he says, well, you're going to be here then later tonight. You're going to come see me. And she says, well, yeah, but I mean, I got all these other things to do. And he goes, don't you love me? Aren't you going to come see me? And there was this long pause. And he goes, ah. And she said her heart just brimmed because the first time ever she saw that he got the realization that if you truly love someone, it's more than just saying it. It's being present to them. It's what mercy is. Mercy is greater. It's the greatest form of love. I can tell you all day long that I love you. But if you call me at two o'clock in the morning and say, Father Chris, I'm stranded by the roadside. I'm really in a lot of danger here. And I say, well, you know what? I really got to get back to sleep. I got a homily to write for tomorrow. And I hang up. That's not mercy. Oh, but by the way, I love you and I'll pray for you. You see, what you have to do is put that love into action if I truly tell you I love you. And that's what works are. That is the Catholic belief of works. Not that we're going to earn our way into heaven by donating a check to the soup kitchen, but putting our love truly into action and make the suffering of others our own suffering. And this is the message. This is the message of what we have. You know, many people are all talk about how they would help someone or love them. But when it really happens... Are they there? Jesus was never like that. He leaped to the rescue of this man. That is works is all about, what works are all about. That is what is needed. The blind beggar came to him. Why? Why did the blind beggar come to Jesus? Because he could not give himself what he desired the most, sight. Now, most of you, when you heard this passage, probably thought physical sight, right? But in the same way, we are not able to give ourselves what we most need Faith. Now, here's the point. Jesus passes by you every day in your ordinary life, just like Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside. Jesus passes him by. Jesus passes by you all day long in the beauty of his creation, even in that coworker, even in your children or spouse who might annoy you because he's in those people, giving you an opportunity to grow in patience and virtue right? He's there. He constantly passes by. Do you ask him? What do you ask him? Bartimaeus asked to see, but the church fathers tell us something different here. Do I regularly ask the gift to see with faith? Now, Jesus promises us that he will listen to us just as he did the blind man. Now, what should we request? Often what we really need is what not we, or I should say, sometimes what we really ask for is not what we really need. We ask for certain things like this promotion at work or, you know, uh, to find the new house or, or find the new car. Those are okay. I mean, but that's not maybe what you really need most at the moment. We need the vision that only faith can give us. Faith has got to be behind your sight. So if you ask to see 
see in the way God does. We need the ability to see everything in the way God sees it. This is what's fascinating. We need to see how the difficulties and trials in our life are part of a bigger picture. All right, what do I mean by that? You know, the number one reason for people not believing in God is how could there be a God if there's so much suffering in the world? Now, when we do that, we're not understanding that sometimes God will reveal to us the bigger picture, why he allowed suffering. Now, the problem is, if we don't have faith, we're never going to see that bigger picture. Do you know there are two judgments that you will go through? Do you know this? When you die, immediately you go through your personal judgment, and you'll find out your fate, heaven, hell, or a layover in purgatory. But do you know there's a general judgment? And what happens at the general judgment? You'll learn the fate of everybody else, and you will understand the plan of every single thing that ever happened in your life and why God allowed it to happen, including cancer, blindness, handicaps, poverty. He will explain and you will understand completely how those sufferings worked in his plan, why he allowed them. He doesn't want them. Now, in the general judgment, you will have an understanding of the bigger picture, why God allowed this suffering. Now, you all have been praying for us. God bless you. My family's been going through unprecedented suffering that we've never gone through before ever. All three, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And I pray every day, Lord, please take this suffering away from them. What did Jesus pray in the garden? Please let this cup pass me by. But then what? Not my will be done, your will be done. So I always finish that prayer by saying, Lord, please relieve the suffering of my mother, my father, and my sister. But if you don't, if it is not your will, please let it be redemptive for them. Suffering is redemptive. So please let it be part of a bigger picture, something bigger. And this is what we don't always understand. Lord, please let me see but with the gift of faith. This is real sight. He didn't think this man Bartimaeus that Jesus owed him anything. He simply wanted mercy. So to finish, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? This is a question God hasn't stopped asking us, right? Sometimes we don't receive because we will not answer this question in the way that's united with his will. It's always our will. Jesus asked this question with full knowledge of what the guy needed. He was blind. Jesus knew he was blind. I've had a lot of people say to me, why bother praying? God knows what I need. God wants us to ask. It shows that we depend on him. He knew that what he needed and what he wanted, okay, this is interesting. Jesus knew what the man needed and what he wanted, but God still wants us to tell him. This is an expression of trust. You know what trust is? Father Seraphim, God rest his soul. You know what Father Seraphim used to teach me? The words on the bottom of the image of divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Father Seraphim used to say in the original language, the translation is really Jesus, I faith in you. That's what trust and faith are related. Trust is a living faith. Just like mercy is a living love, trust is a living faith. And Jesus said, you don't get to heaven without trust. 
So anyway, finally, Jesus wanted to be sure that Bartimaeus was sincere in what he was asking for, that he had faith. You know, sometimes in our hearts, we really don't want what we ask for. Okay, if you are praying to give up alcohol, if you're praying to give up pornography, if you're praying to give up whatever it is you're attached to, do you really want to give it up? Remember St. Augustine? Lord, please make me chaste. Just not yet. He was enjoying his sexual sins. So do we, do we truly mean what we pray for? Jesus connected this man's healing with this man's faith. That's why the four men and the paralytic, Brother Jason and I put in our book, and Jason and I, Brother Jason and I, would talk about this passage. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Or in the, uh, yeah, in the Bible. Why? Because Jesus, the, you remember the story, right? They lower the man through the roof and the four guys are up at the top and they lower the man at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't look at the man on the mat and say, your faith healed you. He looks up at the four men at the roof and he says, your faith has healed this man. That's the power of a living faith. They just didn't sit there on their couch and say, well, let Jesus heal him. Remember the guy on the cross? He says, if you're God, get us off here. They didn't have a living faith, this guy on the cross. But the four men and the paralytic did. That is what is powerful. So this is the man's faith that made him ready to receive Jesus. Without faith, it's not going to happen Without faith, even Jesus couldn't work miracles, right? Said Jesus went into his own hometown and he couldn't perform a miracle. This is God, this is Jesus. Why couldn't he perform a miracle? Because the people had no faith. A person will never get a blessing from God who demands it as if he had a right to it. Uh-uh. There is no, there is absolutely, um, in many ways, um, there is no God because he wouldn't make life so difficult for me with so much suffering. This is the response from a lot of people. How are we ready and disposed in prayer for what is best for us? That's the question. So in this, God gives us a message. God gives us the clarity that he has our better interest at heart. We just have to trust him. We just have to appeal to say, Lord, I need you. And that is the key to mercy. Remember your ABCs of mercy. The first one is ask. We cannot and will not receive if we don't ask. And if we ask, it has to be with the right intent. If I'm going to ask to win the lottery, but then I'm going to use that money to go do destructive purposes it's really not what's best for me. And God may not answer that prayer. Well, he answers it, just not in the way we want. And so let us know what prayer really is. Prayer is based in faith, a living faith. Just like mercy is a living love, faith, trust are related because trust is a living faith. That is what Father Seraphim always taught me. And that, I think, is the whole key to divine mercy. You don't just believe God exists. A lot of people tell us, I don't need to go to church because I believe God exists. The devils believe God exists. Satan believes God exists. The demons believe God exists. But it stops right there. They have not a living faith. So we need three stages. We have to believe God exists. 
then we have faith in him, but then we put that faith into action. That is trust. And that's why Jesus said, to get to heaven, we need trust. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.